Welcome, everyone. I'm Kevin Miller, and this is The Ziggler Show, inspired by the grandfather of inspiration himself, Zig Ziggler. Our focus here is you and your personal development. The way to have more tomorrow is to become more today. So we bring you the best of today's world influencers and their messages and discover how we can all apply new and classic methodologies of personal growth to our lives. In this episode, we discuss the all-powerful inertia of your daily routine. You have a daily routine. Everyone does. Every day, you generally go about the same tasks and functions. Your world, however, will dramatically change for the better from making slight adjustments, even slight adjustments, in your daily routine. So coming off of show 713, where I got to the root of of healthy habits. And if you haven't heard that show, we got a lot of uh, good reviews off of that one. I'd, I'd encourage you to check it out. Uh, but in this show, Tom Ziegler and I talk about the power in making at least a small investment in every spoke on the Ziegler wheel of life in your day, uh, in the, in each one, every single day. Often you can combine a spoke and we talk about that and doing a, in essence, a five minute workout or a three minute devotional will keep your positive inertia going as opposed to saying, Oh my gosh, I don't have time and doing nothing, especially when that happens day in and day out. I mean, falling off the wagon or losing momentum. It's such a death knell for most people as when we fall behind, it can feel overwhelming to make up that deficit again. Sometimes it's unavoidable, granted, but most often we have the ability, even if we miss a day or two, to at least you know make a small contribution that can keep us moving forward, keep that inertia going. So this was the main focus of this show, though I also posted this question to the Ziegler audience, and Tom and I reviewed a handful of the comments. I asked, in the seven spokes on the Ziegler Wheel of Life, which areas do you have a plan you consistently fulfill? It's kind of seeing how many people have plans in all those spokes. And honestly, not a lot of people have a plan in every single area. So it was from the comments and that reality that we were drawn to the power of, again, those even small positive investments in your daily routine in the seven spokes of the Ziegler wheel of life. So I'll bring Tom on as soon as I share some uh, really fitting products and services from our show sponsors. Well, Tom, I mean, Ziegler is about goals and here in the show we have made, we have, we, you actually, you started it, uh, habit, such a focus, uh, from that day on the stage when you were asked, Tom, What's the quickest way to success? And you candidly gut reaction responded with the fastest way to success is to replace bad habits with good habits. And today we have choose to win, which is so much a culmination of that time and habits has become such a big deal. And that's what we instilled in the show. So every guest I have on here, we do their first, like kind of their main talk, main interview. And then we talk about habits, daily habits. Now, just Prior to this show, seven, uh, was show 715, I did a solo show just talking about habits, kind of coming back to the, the premise of what are, uh, what's the point of all these habits and uh, these habits, and then kind of giving it a preface of saying, even before you can establish those habits, you got to know some specific things, even like why, what's the point of doing those? What is the ultimate payoff in this though? I posted the question 
based on, on that show and just ask in the seven spokes on the Ziegler wheel of life, which areas do you have a plan that you consistently fulfill? And we're going to go through some of the responses, but I do want to start off with what I saw in there or what really just came to fruition to me, to my mind was, uh, was routines. And I don't want to be playing around with semantics of, you know, this word, it could mean that or whatever. Um, because we are talking about establishing healthy habits, just like you said, replace a bad habit with a good habit. But right now, no matter what, everybody who's hearing this, including you and me, has a daily routine. We all do. And either that routine includes the good habits, the good things we want, or it doesn't. And a couple of the responses, and we'll, again, we'll read them here in just a minute, but just got me to thinking about those routines. And if we, if we don't have our routines that make little deposits in here, I'll let you just give your gut reaction to that too. I mean, every day, the seven spokes thinking about, can I make a little deposit? Cause some people talked about, man, it's hard to grow in all the areas at one time. I thought, well, we don't have, we, that's probably too, that is probably too big a bite to chew off, to be growing in each area constantly that I tend to find that I'm in cycles, you know, during this time, like right now you're in one where you're really doing a lot in the physical nutrition side. I mean, that's one that you're growing in. Is there, well, I'll ask you, is there another area? Are you growing in every single area, Tom? Or are there some where you think, ah, you know, I'm just kind of in maintenance mode. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of blessed because the work that we do almost requires me to grow in every area. Uh, because if we're not growing, if we're not learning, if, yep. if, you know, uh, but I, I will say this on the surface, it looks hard to cover all seven, mm-hmm. um, but I'll cover three or four of them at the same time. Okay. So for example, you know, like you just mentioned on my physical, uh, I'm, I'm working out pretty strenuously five days a week. Um, but I'm listening to a book on audible every time I work out. Yeah. And that book is covering, you know, depending on which one I'm listening to, it it covers two or three of the spokes at a time. Because when you get 30 or 40 minutes in, then, you know, you can cover a lot of territory. So that's how I get the the two for one or the three for one. And, you know. Well, so then I'll I'll make the admission for my own part. There are some areas that I would, am I growing every day or even every week in some of the areas? Not always. I mean, I do have some now I'm trying to make a deposit and theoretically if I'm making a deposit, should I be growing? I'd say yes. I mean, financial spoke is always a difficult one for me. I'm always addressing it. I mean, I work and earn a dollar every day, hopefully more than one. Uh, but am I growing in that area from a habitual standpoint, man, that's the one, that's the one I least like numbers, money, all that kind of stuff. I'm happy to thank God for CPAs and bookkeepers and investors and all those kind of things that people do. Um, but I'm cognizant of, yeah, what am I, am I making a deposit because we know, uh, compound interest talking about investing, you know, those things do compounding when I go for so long, not making any investment. In that area, physical nutrition is always such an acute one. You know that if you do that, like right now, you're you're growing every day and you're building momentum. You know that. Talk about compound interest. It grows. You can take a day off. You can take two days off. But I'll tell you physically, I know that from being a professional athlete. You take three days off. After that third day, man, you take a big, you start taking a big swing down. And then it's so hard to build back up. And that momentum can seem tiring that, oh my gosh, I've got to keep investing in that. Yeah. It'd be like your relationships. I mean, do you get to check in with your spouse, you know, once a week Just say, Hey, I love you. I'm good. Can we be good for the week? Can I just, you know, kind of do my own thing? 
Well, of course not. Kids is even more acute. I mean, you can't do that. So again, what's that daily routine? I, I'll never forget a, an assistant I had one time trying to get me more on schedule. She said, look, Kevin, you have a routine. When's the last time you forgot to brush your teeth? Never. Do you like it? No. Well, but you always, yeah. When'd you ever forget to do your coffee? Well, never, but I love that. That one's easy. Uh, and, and that's going to, that's going to be the case. That's an interesting one though, Tom is to, to look, I should start asking guests that when you look at the seven habits, which is the one, which is the one you most struggle with? I'll ask you. Oh my gosh. Oh, let's see. So we've got seven areas of life, uh, mental, spiritual, physical, family, financial, personal, and career. Historically, it's easy. It's been personal. Mm. Um, in fact, of all the books, I'm sorry, of all the sections of the book, Choose to Win, that probably got the most out of me, it was really educating myself on what personal means. Mm -hmm. And it, it means doing things that create energy in your own life, mm -hmm. which is not the way everybody gets energy. Mm -hmm. I get energy being alone for three hours in the morning. Yeah. Uh, I get energy out in the woods alone. Uh, you know, other people thrive around being in crowds. Yeah. And so that's in, in, I've spoken about it many times. If you kind of have that servant's heart approach and you're putting your family and your career and everything else first, it's also at the end of the bottom of the list usually, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is kind of self, it's not logical because if we're empty, how can we help other people? Yeah. So, well, and you, and you know what? I, I misspoke. I think I said, uh, in show, I think it was, I said show seven fifteen where I talked about the habits. That's wrong. It was two before that. It was seven, uh, seven thirteen. I believe it was seven fifteen. uh, was, uh, Brian Dixon, uh, talking about his new book, start with your people and in going through the habits with him, Tom, I got to the personal and I said, per, you know, I always have to preface it personal. That's, it's like, you know, play fun or just, you know, what you do for yourself. And the term came up, I've been doing this for a long time and I said, wait a minute, it's self-care to some degree. It is the self-care things that you do. And like that, if it's rejuvenating in the woods or the whatever, and it brought some things out of him because he gave me a couple answers to it. And then I said, wait, I, I wanted more. I said, you know what? Self-care just came up and he gave me three incredible uh, answers. These, these odd, not odd. They were things I had not done. They were investments he made in himself. So when I use that word self-care, he knew the things that he does just to keep him on, uh, you know, on, on the path. Uh, and you're right. There's a lot of people, a lot of people that I bring on to the show that, uh, I don't know what the ratio is. Some of them absolutely know the things they do. And some of them, a good number say, man, that's a hard one for me. Cause you just like you said, they're, they're geared to pouring out to giving out and don't put as much time looking at themselves and doing those things, those, those personal investments. So, so let me jump, I'll just jump in here with some of the, the responses that we got on those. So here, Brian Lynchard, he says, I have my six F's faith, family, friends, fitness. And he said, fitness includes mental and emotional, uh, and financial. And I try to have fun with them all, but I found it. Oh, he's the one that said it. I found it difficult to work on improving more than two at a time, maybe three. That's what made me think about the aspect of, are we always improving? I guess you can make an argument if we're always investing, then, you know, we should be always improving, but is there some other, sometimes I think there have been for myself where I'm doing all I can to maintain sometimes in some areas. And I find myself being fairly, I can go through cycles. 
I guess. You know, the depth of his answer says he's been focused on it. Um, hmm. and, and so a lot of kudos there. This, this is what I would say. Uh, and I'll, I'll split in hair because I agree 100% with what he just said. We can, we can learn on all seven areas every day. And that was kind of my earlier answer. Okay. But, but what he's really talking about is implementing or growing from. Yeah. And, of course, the implementation or the growing from means you've put into practice what you've just learned. Uh, however, sometimes we judge ourselves on – like in, in, in athletic performance, we judge ourselves. Did our time get better? Did our weight drop down? Mm-hmm. Did we, you, you know, but, uh, an experienced trainer is like, Hey, you can't see it, but the foundation's getting really strong. Mm-hmm. And when we're, we're going to, we're going to peak at the right time. And that is going to be, uh, an incredible thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're, I get caught up in that feeling like, oh, my gosh, I've got to grow, especially physical and physical area, that I've got to get my time, you know, on the mountain bike ride or the run better. I mean, you can't continually always get better. Even professional athletes are going to, you know, cross-train or take time off and come back and then, you know, little by little progress. But I'm not going to continue to get faster on my mountain bike rides for the rest of my life. At some point, I'm going to be 90. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it, it might be a tick slower even. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's where I brought that up of, can we be, it's interesting. Well, here, here's, uh, another one, Jessica Moyer. She says, uh, because uh, n- number one, physical and nutrition is her strong point. She said, because I own a wellness studio, I always feel like I have control over the physical and nutritional aspects. I feel I have to lead by example, but because I'm working so hard to get, and, and this is her, uh, she has a brick and mortar, uh, fitness place that's called the ice house wellness and community. Because I've worked so hard to get it up and running, I'm falling short in the other spokes. And she says, help, exclamation point. Uh, a couple of thoughts that I had. Ta- well, the first one was I do, I have grown, I should say, to be, to make peace with having seasons. That there, that I don't necessarily, I mean, maybe this is a personality style, I don't know, I'd be curious your thoughts on it. Uh, but I used to, I think I used to be of the thought of, okay, so let's take the seven areas here. I'm going to find the thing that fits me best. The thing that I believe is, you know, is best. And I'm going to do it in and out every day, every week, month, year, and that's it. And I have found that I'll be doing X, Y, Z, like right now I'm mountain biking a lot. And at some point there'll come a time and I'll realize, man, a couple of weeks have gone by. I'm not looking forward to it. And my past is, well, you just stick to it. But now I'm thinking I, I'm, I'm 48. I'm not a pro athlete. There's no prize here. I don't get any kudos or rewards for doing this thing. I can do something else. So if I'm not enjoying it, what sounds good working out really, let's put my time into weightlifting. Do I want to run? Do I want to try a CrossFit thing or whatever? I'm free to do that. The point is that I am doing something to physically exert myself most every day. And so I'll let myself get into seasons like that. Like, well, well, just, just their seasons, you know, in those areas. And in one season I may be more focused. I mean, it makes sense. She just started a fitness community, a fit, you know, a place that she's really focused on that. And she may be letting some other slide. That's okay for a time. Uh, and that's where I look at seasons. Now, obviously she does, she does that forever. She's going to be uh, the, the fittest person in her city, but she may be bankrupt and financially or relationships or wherever. I mean, you can't do that, but 
I don't know your thoughts on that, Tom, just on, I found myself that I may weigh heavy on some areas for a while. And then on the others, does it have to be daily balance? Yeah. You know, it's impossible to have daily balance. You know, I wish it was, it's just impossible. Yeah. So anybody who's feeling guilty for not having daily balance, just stop. Yeah. It's, it's impossible. Uh, in our, in the Ziegler goal setting system, we really say you can't work on more than four goals at a time. Huh. Okay. Very difficult. So we, you might have 50 goals or 20 goals that you've identified, you've written out, you want to accomplish. And we tell you to pick four, four of them that you're going to go at. And those are the four that you're going to focus on for the week. And two of my goals are the same every week. Uh, One's a fitness goal and one's my perfect start, which is how I start my morning. So that leaves two other goals that I can work on. So if I'm, so that means that um, there's there's five slots <laughs> that need to or five things that need to fill two slots. Yeah, right, right. And, and so we got to have some flexibility. Now in the book, choose to win. We say, hey, what if? Here's a crazy idea. What if you took one little bitty bad habit in in an area and you replace it with a little bitty good habit, for, and you did that for a whole week. And then the next week, you picked a new one. You kept the old one in place, but you did a new one. And so literally, we're saying, hey, every week, just focus on one from a different spoke, and you keep going around. Now, if you come to me and you say, hey, my doctor said, you know, I'm going to have to have emergency surgery unless I can lose 30 pounds, and, you know, I need to lose a 200 pounds total, blah, 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 blah. the only habit I'd want you to create is physical health, mm-hmm. right? Cause your life is in danger. Let's get that fire out, you know, let's. And so if you want to stay in an area of your life, uh, that's costing you the most for a week, a month, you know, six, do it. Um, but ultimately you've got to get balance. And what I love about, kind of the approach and and the number one habit that I learned is controlling our input, what we listen Mm -hmm. to, what we read is you can take any of the seven areas and do a physical something along with mental input. And so you've got that covered all the time, mental input. You know, dad was the, he was the biggest promoter of automobile university. Right. And I hear Kevin, that there's a really good podcast that talks about life-changing material and you can get it for free on iTunes. It's a a miraculous world we live in. It is. It's unbelievable. And I hear that it's a sign of intelligence to be listening to that podcast right now at this very moment. Well, praise God. Everybody is. (laughs) If they're hearing it, here they are. Well, hey, and on that note, you are listening to The Ziggler Show, and we are so honored and grateful that you are. Uh, Tom just mentioned Automobile University, which was made famous by Zig Ziggler. If you're not familiar with the idea, the point is just making use of our otherwise idle time. The time most people spend commuting, they can take in positive input that will absolutely revolutionize their lives. In today's world, we can also do this while working out or eating lunch or just a multitude of otherwise brain idle times. Well, Tom, 
also mentioned dealing with the most acute issues in our lives. And coming up next, I dig into how my business partner and doctor deals with this, with people who are in poor, who, they're in poor health. Uh, he's been known to tell people even to continue smoking uh, as they have other things causing even more damage in the moment. So we'll dive back into that after I share some great products and services from our incredible show sponsors. Uh, I like that you talking about that. What's most acute. So, you know, my business partner, Dr. Randy James. So in all the years of him working with patients and me hearing the stories, uh, I'll never forget early on. Now he doesn't really have these kind of patients anymore, but early on in his practice, when he did work with people who were, uh, were smoking, um, uh, he, I remember some times when he would come tell me, he said, man, they had this going on and this going and this going right now. The most acute thing for them was their diet. And, you know, maybe it's sugar or gluten or whatever it is that they're consuming. And it is, it's wrecking their system right now. I, that's the most acute thing. And he literally had some times and he said, you know what, right now, go ahead and keep smoking right now. It's not hurting you as bad as X, Y, Z. Now it'd be great if you just stopped everything, but that's probably not going to happen. You're going to fail. If you just try to go cold Turkey and make 180 degree change right now, if you can just cut out X, Y, Z. And in the meantime, you know, for the next, however long, a uh, couple weeks, 30 days, whatever, go ahead and smoke. If that allows you, if that helps you as a vice to, to, to stop the thing that's hurting you most, uh, it was really interesting. There are, I like that idea of coming to what is the most acute thing and giving that affirmative action to some degree. Yeah. You know, we're uh, this is kind of a side analogy, but we're doing some work with a church here in the in the Metroplex called uh, Gateway. Uh, they have multiple locations, but they have a thing called Kingdom Business Leaders. And you know, in the church world, it's kind of like the, the normal teaching is, "Hey, go back into your business and be an example for the kingdom." And they talk about how to be a godly person, mm-hmm. and of course, they teach that, but. They lead, from my perspective, this is just me, they lead from a little bit different perspective, and that is is they're actually taking education to business owners that helps them run a better business because you can be a better example if you make payroll. (laughs) (laughs) True story. Right? And so... And so I like the idea of if you're looking at your life going, man, I've got a, I've got something over here that's costing me a lot, man, we just got to, we got to go focus on that and get that right. Yeah. And then get the balance going from there because you can, you can have, you'll have a, that's why the physical one, whenever somebody says they're sold out on the physical, I love it because your physical capacity unleashes your potential for everything else. I agree. And we can have that debate of what's most important. I think sometimes that's the wrong question. Just what sequentially makes sense. And that is one that sequentially is a great place to start. I mean, back to Jessica, Jessica too, though, you know, with, with her being so focused, I do, uh, I, I have had to learn in my own life that, okay, you can be an out of balance, you know, in, in maximizing one area and some of the other ones fall or, or get lessened a little bit. I still try to make a small deposit. And sometimes I've had to realize, you know what? So let's say normally I do 30 minutes a day, 45 minutes, whatever of in my Bible and in devotions and whatever. And right now I'm in a season that's out of balance because something over here that's good is happening. I don't always have that. This is not, I'm not earning points in heaven. God's not up there with the ledger uh, or the angels saying, okay, did he spend enough time? Did he read the right thing? And I can get stuck in that. And I go, man, it's, it's a deposit that if I can take three minutes 
and just say, God, this is what's going on at uh, two chairs. It's a great opportunity. You know, what's going on. You're big enough to handle it. I am looking for your answers today. I'm going to listen for 60 seconds, but I'm going to continue listening while I drive. I'm going to put a note down in my pocket or on my calendar alert to remind me to listen to you be tuning in that it's, it's okay. It's okay. And so, you know, even on the fitness side that if I don't have, if I know I'm going to go for a while, not having a lot of time and I need to min, uh, minimize that, I might go for my hour workout to literally a, a five minute or 10 minute, minute hit workout, high intensity interval training, something like that and minimize that. But if I can just make a little deposit, it is so profound as opposed to just saying, you know, I don't have time and falling off the wagon. And that's what hurts people the most. They, the, that term of, Oh my gosh, I was doing it. Then I stopped. I lost momentum. Now I'm so far behind. It seemed overwhelming to even start again. There is a lot of power and at least a little deposit as often as you can just to keep, keep things going. I love it. You know, here's a hit workout for any of the seven spokes. Let's just say you're totally wrapped up in one. That's where you want to go, but you want to get some balance. So you want to like make sure you're getting something on at least one of the other spokes every day. Do you have five minutes? Yep. So here's what you do in that area. Let's say it's family. Let's say it's personal. Let's say it's career. Read or listen to something for just a few minutes. Take a nugget out of it, write it down, and then share it with somebody else. So you internalize it inside, you simplify it, and then you share it. It could be a text. I could like literally text you, Kevin, and say, hey, guess what I learned, blah, 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 blah. That actual repetition of learning it and then sharing it and simplifying it That'll sink it in, and I'll get far more results over the long period than if I do nothing mm-hmm. or if I just read five minutes and forget about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a huge thing. But it's the yeah. – this was, this was dad's secret. This was Zig Ziglar's secret. Read it or hear it. Simplify it. Right? Internalize and, and then share it. Yeah. And you got family you love. You got friends you love. You're going to see somebody at the office. You're going to see a client who comes in. Hey, guess what I learned? I mean, that's how I kind of honed in. I read this study about uh, how they studied people. You know, there's a quote that we have: what, <clears throat> "What you feed your mind determines your appetite." And they actually took a group of people and they had them do uh, affirmations about how much they love kale, <laughs> right? Okay. They educate. They educated them on kale's good for you. Here's why. This is what it does to your system. And they had them do affirmations like "I love kale." I love kale. <laughs> Every time I have kale, I feel better. And after a while, these people started. They started craving kale. Right. So we have a choice. We can make it intentional. So intentional. So what is it that you're? What is it that you're going to get the most out of it? So your short hit training for the physical. We'll work on the mental, the spiritual, the family, the financial, the personal, and the career with just that little routine. I, I like it. I do. You may, you may, you made me think of somebody reminded me of a guy I interviewed a long time ago named Aaron McHugh. He has a podcast called work life play. And he talked about being a pro uh, it was somebody I think he had on his show talked about that, the difference between a pro and an, let's say an amateur and that a pro in essence, and I'll paraphrase, makes that deposit every day. And he talked about his own, uh, you know, he's traveling, ended up at a hotel, 
uh, and he was training for a marathon or training for something like that, but he had a goal there and he had a meeting in like 30 minutes and he thought, there's no way it's raining outside. It's dark. And I have a meeting. I've been traveling today. I'm not going to go for a run. And then it came back to mind. The pro does whatever. He laced up his shoes. He went out and he ran for seven minutes. And then he came back in and he got that deposit. He said how, what it did for his own psyche was great. It made him feel like a pro. He did the meeting better. And uh, that was a great perspective. And why, are we, why would any of us be amateurs in life? We are all here to be professionals overall in our life. Well, here, here's another one that I think a lot of people resonate with. Tony Cooper. She says, for me, number two, which is uh, friends and family relationships, is her strong point. I make it a point to make relationships a high priority. If my kids have specified field trips, they want me and they want me to come. I take a day off work once a month. My husband and I go on a date once a month is kids day in which they get to design the whole day. I've worked in places in which I neglected my relationships. No longer do I do this. Additionally, we have Sunday dinner with the whole family. I always call friends and family to ensure to, to see what they're, how they're doing. Uh, the one area I struggle with is physical and nutrition. Uh, so Tony is a woman how can I say this and be all politically correct? My experience is women specifically, moms specifically will do this and they'll tend to put focus on relationships and the area that almost seems by proxy that falters is physical nutrition and they get caught into that. Now I'm, I'm not picking on, I don't want to pick on Tony here because it's awesome what she's doing with relationships, but that's a great play, a great temptation to get into those who pour out relationally and are pouring out to others will often then neglect themselves and physical is one of the hardest. Then all of a sudden they don't have the energy they need to pour into everybody because they're not taking care of their physical selves. And I've seen my wife, uh, she'll tend to uh, ebb and flow in this area. She's so drawn to pour out to other people and not do that back to self-care for herself. And she knows it now. Now at least she knows it, that if she doesn't fill herself up, she has little to pour out. But man, it's a daily struggle for her. And it just is for her more than me. And I see that issue more amongst women generally uh, than men. And so interesting to see her showcase those two those two, those two, I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe we've got some spokes that work against each other sometimes. Tom, never th- thought, I never, never thought about that one. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, we're always on a time budget, you know, we're, yeah. we're stealing from one or the other. Um, and it, you know, to me, it's, well, I'll, I'll give you an example of, a. Last night I'm watching Sunday night football and the commentator says, Hey, I really love this receiver. He's a rookie and he wasn't really expected to be a contributor to the team and look at him. He's already contributing. And this is what caught the guy's attention. This young guy who knows he's going to be the third or fourth option. Who's not going to get a lot of snaps. He said that his goal when he goes into the game is to present the quarterback with the body language that's positive all the time so that the quarterback knows exactly where, where he is and how available he is. Hmm. In other words, he predisposed in his mind that I'm going to carry myself, whether I'm just a decoy or whether I'm the go-to guy, that I am ready to get the ball. And I, and I think we can all step back and kind of have that same mindset about every area in our life, and then we have to back up one. So I know Tony pretty well, amazing family. Uh, she's one of our certified trainers, and there's a lot going on. I mean, you know, 
And I love it when you've got a young family and you have the flex space to put the kids first, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's to me, that's the number one priority. Uh, when I started my, my deal cooking all my own food, I was like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. This is like hours and hours. Yesterday, after doing this now for seven or eight weeks, uh, yesterday, I cooked it all in half in that during the half of the football game. It was like it was all mindless behavior. Yeah. And so what I think we got to have is the mindset that, hey, it's going to be it's going to be hard. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be kind of awkward in the beginning. But now it's like this is the way life is. Yeah. Right. And so I think when we know when we know that that's eventually going to happen because we've done it enough, we're more likely to follow through and do it. Um, and if you if you don't have that experience or that knowledge, then you've got to trust somebody who's been down that path. And of course, I've had some good coaches with me who said, hey, you know, it's going to be kind of weird, but you'll figure it out. It will be no big deal in a little while. And they were right. Yeah. Well, so your story yeah. right there of cooking the food seems overwhelming. Now it's mindless. Sounds suspiciously like a good habit. <laughs> just it just sounds like somebody I know that talks about that. Yeah, uh, a good habit is simply a good thing repeated over and over again. Yep. That's all it is. Till your mind uh, gets it in that habit where you can do it mindlessly, and it's saving itself for something that's not mindless. The next, the next new thing. Well, Nicole, Nicole, Christine here. She says. Number one is an area that she's put some things in place, uh, fitness and nutrition. I've been working with a fitness coach since March. I have my gym routine down and I have a meal plan I follow. I'm doing great with that one. Uh, there's definitely room for improvement though with all of them, but I do practice the miracle morning, uh, which folks, if you haven't heard recently, we did that show. It's show 707 with Hal Elrod. Uh, she said, she said, I do that as often as I can for the mental aspect for financial. I started using the every dollar app. I think that's Dave Ramsey's, isn't it? That's it. That's yeah. it. Okay. To tra- it's, it's free. It's free. There you go. Every dollar to track expenses. Uh, for spiritual, I go to church weekly. I attend a Bible study once a week, and I read a daily devotion. I'm pretty career-oriented and work a lot. So relationships and personal are the ones where I can be. I need to be much more intentional about creating habits. Uh, and that one, boy, I'll tell you, we culturally right now, that's the one that we are hearing so much about, not only relationships, but just community. That's the one that comes out that even, uh, even those who may have a friend or two, which we have less and less, we, you know, we're connected with everybody, but we don't have real intimacy, but it's also a community, which I think for most people is going beyond. It doesn't community doesn't mean that you're surround people. You know, being at a workplace and you're around a bunch of people today, are they your invested community, which we used to have? I mean, our grandparents knew nothing different than that. Everything was community focused, but we're in this short span of time now where we don't have to. It's kind of like, it's kind of like fitness, Tom. We, you know, we used to, we didn't have to exercise like our grandparents, great grandparents, life was exercise. It, it included walking and lifting and bending and, and running and whatever. I mean, that was just life today. We don't have to have that. So we have to artifact artificially insert that in our lives. Same thing with community. And this is what, uh, this is what Howard, uh, Partridge talked about. What was his book on community, Tom? I just blanked on it. The power of community, the power of community. 
and he talked about the similar thing. I remember when in our interview with him, uh, we got onto that today. We used to rely on community. We had to today. We do not have to. So now we have to, in the same sense, like exercise, we have to manufacture that it's something that we as a human need, but we don't need it for our survival anymore. So now we have to create that and go intentionally look after that. I know that's one that I have to pay special attention to Tom, because I am a, I am an introvert. I get rejuvenated by being by myself, but there's obviously something you get from groups of people. So I have to intentionally go out sometimes begrudgingly to do that. And yet I know the benefit that there is to my life. So community, I think that's one where it's, we're all in a, we're, we're at a place culturally where it's a good audit to take. Are you, do you have a community? Do you have a group? You know, I'll, I'll do the grocery store example with community. Um, you know, we don't have to go back too far. 40, 50 years ago, all our food was whole, uh, very few packaged things, not much processing, no chemicals. And then as manufacturing started becoming in, they figured out that we got to take the nutrition out of the food to make it store on the shelf, especially things like omega-3s. And so all of a sudden, we were getting more calories but less nutrition, so our body craves the nutrition. And so we got to eat more calories to get the same amount of nutrition. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, obesity and all these side effects kick in. Uh, I really think social media in the last 15 years is kind of that same phenomena. We, we thought we were getting the same type of friendship and community and support, you know, because we were, we were connecting, we were getting all this volume uh, and having all these uh, impressions that make you feel good. The only problem was, is there's no nutrition in those impressions online. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not the same as uh, you know, you know, touching somebody on the arm while you're talking or, you know, having that deep conversation that'll never be shared on a Facebook or shouldn't it? <laughs> I was going to say would never be shared on Facebook, but I can't. It should never be shared on Facebook. <laughs> right. Well, and what you're speaking to from, uh, from the processed food aspect, we talk about that in health and wellness. Everybody, people are overfed and undernourished. Right. And that is an absolute. So I, I'm sure that somebody brighter than I have has said what you're talking about. I was sitting here trying to type it out. You know, are we, this is my best I could do quickly. We're over contacted, um, but under connected. I, I was, I, I wanted to say, I mean, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, but we're super connected. So maybe it's over connected, but we're under what? And we, we lack intimacy. We yeah. lack depth. So I don't have a fancy way of saying overfed and undernourished, but that's what you're talking about. And we are, we are more connected. And I say that with quotes, you know, we've got a a thousand, instead of a handful of close friends, we have a billion friends. I have Facebook. I've got thousands of friends and people that I don't know, or that I talk to once in a blue moon, or I've never met face to face, uh, drastic difference from those that I meet face to face, or even you and I, man, there's never a week goes by. I don't think but we're doing, okay. It's zoom. It's not face to face. It's not pressing the flesh, but it's, I mean, it's you and me. I can see your face. I mean, it's, it's next level. I think to that, uh, as opposed to the myriad of friends, man, that's a great, that's a great uh, analogy to pull out. And, And I think, you know, they've, they've studied this. They know that people are wired to handle about 160 relationships. 
Didn't know uh, that. Okay. Yeah. And so you can look at a, the natural size of villages and communities, uh, businesses and business flow before they really start to have issues uh, is around 150, 170, somewhere in there people. Huh. And so what I would try to figure out is maybe, you know, from your group of friends, how many of them are you really doing life with? Yeah. Where, where you're on the phone with them or you're face to face with them and you're sharing life's experiences. And we don't need 160, you know, we probably need 12, mm-hmm. you know, Bob Bodine said, um, and the power of who, you know, <laughs> 12, 12 friends. One of them didn't turn out very well. Three of them are really close. And one of them he loved dearly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, thousands of years later, that model of 12 friends is, you know, kind of paid off for, for Jesus. So, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, maybe that's what we do is we look at our family and maybe maybe 12 friends yeah. that we really set a goal to do life with. And we get overwhelmed because it's like we think that community means, you know, going to this club and that social activity and everything else. When really, I think it's a it's a, what we want is deep, rich, high nutritional relationships. Well, and e- even here on the Ziegler Show, talking to tens of thousands of people that we're going to expect, we know are a more aspiring populace of people, demographic of people. But even there, I know, and I want to at least speak to that there are a lot of people hearing that know, are well aware that they do not have really one friend that is that close friend that knows their life, that knows what's going on. And I don't want to say that. I don't want anybody to hear that and to feel shame for that. That is the culture that we are in. And we have high profile people, high functioning people, you know, successful, at least in some areas of life these days who do not have that. Because again, we've grown away in the same way that we have some there that are not in good physical shape at all. And they don't really invest in that at all because you don't have to for base survival. Now, we're not talking about overall success. That's what the seven spokes are about. If you want overall success, that's what we're talking about. As Zig Ziglar said, you've got to have uh, investments in all those areas. Otherwise, you've got a clunky wheel going around. So overall success. But you can have significant success in, in certain areas and totally ignore those. And w- that is one that is happening more and more and more and more where people are doing their work. It's with a computer. They're online. And they do not have one person that they are really connected with that knows them, that knows, as you said, intimacy and vulnerabilities in other words, even their spouse. Um, We're seeing that happen a lot too. So I don't want, I don't want anybody to feel bad. I want you to know that that's, you're in, you're in good company. It's a, you know, hard thing to say, but you are, but my goodness, that is one that if left unaddressed, uh, pretty much is going to deteriorate the rest of them. Uh, And it, calls us to a lot. It's a hard place to be in and then to step out and go, how do I do that? That's a whole show. Um, or more. It is. it's probably a podcast, uh, in and of itself. Well, Hey, I appreciate everybody who fed into this and it's Tom. I mean, you know, you and I talk about this. I'll tell you folks, I want to admit I am not arrived. I don't think I ever will be in this. This is a constant daily effort to wake up. And as you talked about with cooking, I mean, these habits, as you do them, they do get easier, but there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about them. And I have to intentionally look for and go, Oh, I need to invest. I got to deal with my finances. Otherwise I'm going downhill. I need to invest in that relationship. I need to do whatever. There are some that are easy. The physical nutrition, man, that one's easy for me. I actually like most of that. Uh, but that's one spoke. I'm not looking to be a javelin. I want to be a wheel. 
That's right. You know, I'm laughing on the inside because I remember uh, uh, when dad turned 60 and he had this big old grin and he's like, man, can you believe how far I've come? And then he looked at me and he said, and just think I'm still 10, maybe 15, maybe 20 years away from my peak. (laughs) So that's awesome. It's just kind of this philosophy. The more you learn, the more you know there is to, to learn. Yeah. And, you know, the richer, the deeper, the better everything can be as you grow. And the question is, are you intentional every day in the choices you make and the habits that you intentionally build in your life that will take you to the life you want? I have nothing better to say than right there. Thank you. There's our anchor, folks. There you go. Tom, always a gift, brother. Thanks for giving me right there, right then. Well, friends, I would encourage you to put together a list of even the minimal investments you can almost always make in your daily routine routine in each of the seven spokes on the Ziggler Wheel of Life, a list that you can succeed in just about no matter what. Obviously, then if you can do more, wonderful, and you'll benefit from that. But at least you made a successful deposit in every area almost every single day. Coming up next in show 717, I discovered a really valuable addition to the habit show and the Ziegler wheel of life, courtesy of a small revelation I had. And then an answer from Brian Dixon. Brian was our guest in show 715, where we discussed the message from his new book, start with your people. So when I got to the personal spoke, Brian offered a couple things that he does, but for some reason I wanted more. I can't explain why. And the thought of, of asking him about self-care occurred to me. So along with the, uh, he immediately gave, you know, a few answers to the personal spoke. But when I asked about self-care, he immediately gave three answers that were significant things uh, that he does for himself. And interestingly, all three were things that I've never done for myself. So that was kind of fun to look at. It was really interesting and insightful. I think you'll get a lot from this show. Till then, folks, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.